All right. Church, say amen. Grab your Bibles. Remain standing for just a moment. Remain standing for just a moment. Turn with me to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter number 19. Exodus chapter number 19. Isn't it good to be saved? My, my, my. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know it's going to be okay. I know it's going to be okay because I know who holds tomorrow. Amen. Exodus chapter number 19. If you were not here, if you were not here last week, uh, I want to implore you, beg you, plead with you uh, to watch the services. Go to our website and watch the services last week. And uh, we talked about we talked about the, the condition of our nation and, and, and really talked about why it got to that point and what we're going to do about it. And uh, I, I introduced a book that we're going to go through uh, in a few months. We're going to go through this book. It's called Continue. Continue. It's based off of Acts chapter number 2. Uh, the Bible says, and, and, and they that gladly received his word, in other words, all those that were saved on Pentecost, they that gladly received his word, continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Are y'all with me? Say amen. In other words, getting saved wasn't the only deal. They, they, they followed and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking the prayers and, 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 and they shared house to house. And, and, and in other words, they grew and they developed and they matured and they were discipled. And so we're going to do this in a few months. And I want to I kind of uh, uh, preach a, a message this morning uh, that's going to lead up to this. Uh, I, I, I forgot to tell you, there, there's a, a different lesson on, uh, in each chapter, but then there are devotions. There are devotions that you can read with your family each day during that week till the next lesson. And I'm telling you, it is going to be life-changing. Somebody say amen. I've already taken our staff through it. Now our staff is taking our leaders, our small group leaders through it. And in August, we're going to take all of our small groups through it. And I'm, I'm going to be begging you from here to then, if you're not in a small group, please get in a small group because this is very important. And I hope after today, you will see how important that is. And all God's people say it. Exodus 19, if you're there, if you're there, say Glory. All right, y'all thought I was going to say, say amen, didn't you? All right, let's read. Let's read and I'll let you be seated today. In the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai. For they were departed from Rephidim and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness, and there Israel camped before the mount. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, Tell the children of Israel, You've seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bare you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests, and a holy nation." These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud that, thou, that the people may hear when I speak with thee and believe thee forever. 
And Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them. Say that with me. And sanctify them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes and be ready against the third day. Say that with me. And be and be ready. Sanctify them. Be ready against the third day. For the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai, and thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed. All right, say those two words. So first we have sanctify them, be ready, take heed to yourselves, that ye go not up into the mount, or touch the border of it. Whosoever touches the mount shall be surely put to death. There shall not a hand touch it, and he shall surely be stoned or shot through. Whether it be beast or man, it shall not live. When the trumpet soundeth long, they shall come up to the mount. And Moses went down from the mount unto the people, and sanctified the people, and they washed their clothes. And he said unto the people, Be ready against the third day. Come not at your wives. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount, and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud, so all the people uh, that was in that Excuse me. So that all the people that was in the camp trembled. Now let's all read verse 17 together. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the nether part of the mount. Let's read that first sentence again. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to. Let's say it again. To. To meet with God. Lord, thank you so much for your blessings, your mercy, your kindness. I am so aware of my need for you. I am desperate for your Holy Spirit. Lord, please guide the words that I say. Uh, These are your people. This is your house. I am unworthy and I'm in desperate need of your touch. Please, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, move in this congregation, move in this word. I pray that you'll touch and give us what we stand in need of. Guide, direct, and Lord, I pray that your perfect will be done. More than anything, I pray that you'll be glorified in this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I want to take you through and, and, and kind of lead you up to where we are today, tell you about what happened and what he told the nation of Israel, and then at the end, I want to apply it to us, and what does it have to do with us, and how can we take this and learn from this and help us uh, leading up to our time in August, all right? Now, here's where we're at. We have the nation of Israel, which really was not a nation. We find a family, a man comes into Egypt with about 70 of his family members, and this is the the, the family of Jacob, and they come into Egypt. Y'all know the story of Joseph and everything that goes along with that. If you don't, you need to go read it. It'll be a good good, uh, uh, lesson for you. Uh, but then uh, uh, Joseph dies and, and time has rolled by and, and now we find that this one man's family has turned into a great multitude of people. Approximately 2 million people here in Egypt. And now we know this is the beginning and this is the start of the nation of Israel. But they're really not a nation yet. They're just a group of slaves. They're a group of people who have been in bondage for years and years and years and years. They have a slave mentality. They have a slave 
thinking. Uh, listen, everything about them is about being slaves. They don't know how to be a people. They don't know anything but bondage. They don't know anything but slavery. But down through the years, they had heard that there was a God of their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There was a God who knew them and a God who had a promise for them. But they didn't know him. How many of y'all know you can know of something but not know something? You can know of somebody but not know that somebody. Well, this is where they're at. And we see that God comes and he sends Moses and delivers them. Everybody, everybody knows that. And Moses comes and says, set my people free. Let them go. And, 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 and all the plagues. And, and now they've, they've been delivered. Say that with me. They've been now, this is a type of salvation. All right, say that with me. This is a type of salvation. How do you know? They came out by the blood. It was through the blood that brought their deliverance. If y'all remember, the death angel came and he said, I want you to take the blood of a lamb and put it on the doorpost and on the lintel of the house. And when the death angel comes, when I see the blood, I will... I will pass over you. So how do we get saved? By the blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood. Amen. There is power, 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 wonder-working power in the blood of the lambs. Amen. And so that's deliverance. So we, we see they experience their deliverance. They are, they are saved out of bondage. They are delivered out of bondage. They come out of Egypt. But keep in mind, they're still just a big group of slaves. Y'all with me? Get this now. You got to get this. And so here they are, this, this, this group of people who just come out of slavery, all they know is doing what somebody else tells them to do. And all of the, anyway, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lose my time. Now they're here at Mount Sinai. God has led them to the Mount of God. And God is up to something. And that's what I titled today. God is up to something. He calls Moses up into the mount. And he says, this is what I want you to tell them. I want you to tell the people, look what I did to the Egyptians. Look how I bear you out on eagles. In other words, how many of y'all know God, uh, salvation was all God? All God. God defeated your enemy and delivered you from bondage of sin. He has saved and redeemed you and delivered you. Are y'all with me? But now he has them at the mountain. He says, this is what I want you to tell them. I want you to tell them, I delivered you, I rescued you, I saved you, I brought you unto myself, and I've got a plan and a purpose for you. Because I want to have a relationship with you. I want you to be my people. You're no longer just a group of slaves. I want you to be God's people. I want you to be a peculiar people. I want you to be priests unto me. What was a priest? It was a go-between. It was a person that went to God for the people and went to the people for God. What was the nation of Israel supposed to be? They were supposed to be God's representatives here on earth. Earth. Are y'all with me? He said, now you're out of bondage. Now I got a promise. And I got basically this. He said, I got a proposal for you. If you'll do what I say, if you'll honor me and follow my commands, I will bless you. 
I will, I will prosper you. I will make you my people. I'll make you my people. And Moses goes back down the mountain. He tells them, hey, this is what the Lord said. And you know what they say? No problem. We're in. Everything he says, we will do. Now, 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 remember that. How many of y'all, and be honest, don't lie. Don't lie, you'll get indigestion. How many of y'all told God you'd do something and you didn't? Or how many of y'all told God you'd never do it again and you did? How many of you said, oh, God, we're in, and, 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 and you wasn't? Let's don't be too hard on the nation of Israel. Yeah, we'll do it, no problem. We'll follow you, whatever you say. So Moses goes back up. Tells God what the people says. And this is what, this is what we see. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get them ready. And basically this. I want you to get them ready to meet with me. Right? The last verse we read, the Bible says that Moses brought the people out to. Come on, everybody. Y'all a little sleepy this morning. He brought them out to. See, watch this. Watch this. Now, I'm, I'm, this is, I just got a lot of information, and I wasn't sure where I wanted to put what, so it's just coming out. Say amen. You see, they'd experienced deliverance and salvation. But God wanted them to experience relationship. You with me? First he said, first he said, be ready. Prepare them. How many of y'all know you just can't go into God's presence any old way? You see, God is holy and God is righteous and God is just. And he said, I want you to prepare them. He said, they need to be ready. In other words, he said, sanctify them. And what they would do, they would wash their clothes. They would wash their clothes. They would wash their bodies. They would be clean. And it was ceremonial. It was a type of being clean and pure before God. There was something that we learned in Israel. Uh, uh, there was, there's a lot of body purification in Israel, a lot of taking baths and ceremonial washings and cleansings. And, and here's the thing. The Bible says, the Bible says when Adam, when Adam and this is, this is just a commercial, just throw this in just for you to chew on a little bit. Miss Cindy, this will be something for you to chew on. Uh, 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 when, Adam, when Adam sinned in the garden, he said, you shall work by the what of your brow? Sweat. Sweat came because of sin. Sweat is a type of sin. Listen, when the high priest goes into the, into the tabernacle to, for, the, for the, uh, uh, offering of the, uh, of, of the, the offering on the, on the day of atonement, he had to put on a linen cloth. He had to wash and clean and put on a linen garment that wouldn't call sweat. And sweat, you know, in, in, in the east, in the desert, you, you're going to... Y'all with me? And so you had to wash your clothes. What's in your clothes? Your sweat. So you had to wash your clothes, wash out anything that was a type of sin, wash your bodies. He told the, he told the married people, don't, don't have relationship. You are to spend these days totally committed unto God. All of your attention, 
All of everything is to be committed totally to God. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So prepare them. Sanctify them. Clean up. Clean up. Be pure. Be right. You're coming into the presence of God. I'm fixing to take you to go and meet with God. Right? So he said, be ready. Then he said, then he said, I want you to set up bounds. I want you to set up bounds. All right? Now, I'm going to apply. I'm gonna, usually, I'll tell you the deal, and then I'll apply it, and then go to two. But I'm going to tell you all of it, and then apply everything at one time. Is that okay with y'all say amen? First, he says, have them ready. Sanctify them. Then he set up bounds, kind of like fences. Set up boundaries. Don't let them get too close to the mountain. Why? It's holy. It's holy. What is he saying? First he says, be ready. Now he's saying, be careful. Say that with me. He's saying, be careful. Don't get careless with your association with God. Don't get, say that with me. Don't get careless with your association with God. Why? God takes this seriously. God takes his holiness seriously. This mountain was going to have the presence of God on it. Don't let anything come. And this is all God's command. So he said, be careful. Don't get careless. I mean, to the point, if you do touch it, you'll be put to death. Now, how many of y'all think that's serious? That's serious. He said, don't get careless with your association with God. Then then number three. Then number three. First he said, be ready, be prepared. Then he said, be careful. Then he said, be careful. All right, then he said this. He said, for tomorrow, God is going to show up. God is going to come down in the sight of all the people, and God has something he wants to show you. God has something he wants to say to you. God has something he wants to give you. God has a plan for you. If that makes sense, say amen. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. And then I'm going to apply it. I'm going to apply it right after this, okay? What did they get at Mount Sinai? What did God give them at Mount Sinai? First, they got the law, right? The Ten Commandments. All y'all seen Charleston Heston, amen? Everybody knows it. Moses, okay? They got the law. They got the scriptures. They've got God's commands to his people. You see, they were not a nation, But he was making them a nation, not just a nation, but a people, not just any people, but a peculiar people, not just a peculiar people, but his people. He gave them what to wear. He gave them what to eat. He gave them how to act, how to treat each other. Listen, he told them in the law, listen, there was responsibilities to their fellow man and there was responsibilities to their holy God. It was all about relationship. You see, they got the scriptures, they got the law, then they got the instructions for the tabernacle. Y'all with me? How to build the tabernacle, what to put in the tabernacle, how to use the tabernacle. Now, who was going to dwell in the tabernacle? In other words, this was the place that they would come and meet with God. They got the priesthood instructions. So now they've got the priesthood, they've got the tabernacle, and they've got the law. What does all three of them have to do with? How to have relationship with a holy God. Do y'all see this now? Now watch, now watch. This is how we're going to apply this. He said, you've seen 
You've seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I brought you out on eagle's wings and I brought you to myself. That was the experience of deliverance. Say that with me. That was the experience of That was there. If you want to use it, and we're going to apply this to us, that was salvation. How many of y'all remember the day you got saved? Come on, get with me. How many of y'all remember the day you got saved? How many of you remember that peace and that joy that God filled your heart with? You can sing, I'm redeemed by love divine. Amen. I got saved. I'm delivered. I am saved from sin. I am saved from hell. God has saved me. He's delivered me. I'm no longer lost. I am found. I'm no longer blind. I can see. I'm no longer in darkness. I'm in the light. I pass from death unto life. What an experience salvation is. They crossed over. God destroyed their enemy in the Red Sea. And son, they had a party. The ladies went to dancing with tambourines, singing and praising God. And some of y'all need to do that again. Because you forgot where God brought you from. But here's the deal. And this is what so many Christians today don't understand. That's not all. So many Christians, they get saved and they think, okay, I'm good. That's all. Hey, I'm saved. Well, that's because that's all they know. But watch what happens. God leads them. You remember, God's guiding them. Remember, by a fire by night and a cloud by day. You remember? Where's God leading them? God's leading them. It's not Moses' idea. It's not Moses' plan. It's not Moses' map. It's God's map. They're following God to the Mount of God. Why are they going to the Mount of God? Because God is up to something. What's he up to? He doesn't want them just to have a deliverance experience God's got more for you than just salvation people God listen if salvation was all there was to it God it took you home after you believed in him are y'all with me now watch he says I, 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 got, I, got, I got something I want to tell you you know what you know what Mount Sinai is I mean, you know what my sign I am? This is what it is. God is saying, let me introduce myself. See, it's not just about being delivered. God wants you to have a relationship with Him. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I'm going to go into points. The devil is going to fight what I'm telling you today more than anything else you've probably heard me say in a long time. So if you're sleepy, pinch yourself. If the devil is tempting you to think about what you're going to eat afterwards, I always say at Shoney's, but we don't have one, but I have people traveling all over America that takes pictures of Shoney's and send them to me almost every week. I've got proof on my phone. They do exist. Amen. But don't stay with me right here. Stay with me. God is not just interested in your salvation. God's purpose for you is not just to save you and bring you to heaven. 
God's got more for you. God's got more plan. God's got more purpose for you. He doesn't want you to just be saved. He wants you to know Him and have a relationship with Him. He brings them to Sinai and He tells them how they can walk with Him, how they can be close to Him, how they can come into His presence, how they can talk to Him, how they can be right with Him. Does this make sense? And you see... Let me tell you what this is. Let me tell you what this is. This is God's way of you getting to know Him. Getting to know Him. Now let's use the same points. Let's use the same points that we use in this chapter to apply to us today. What is God telling us? In August, we're going to that book. In August, it is my prayer, it is my wish, it is my desire. I'm begging God, oh Lord, let us all fall into this thing. Lord, please, let us all be willing to do this. And so we have a few months ahead of us. Now, I know, I know some of y'all got all jacked up last week and got all excited and say, I don't want to wait, I want the book now. No. I don't, I don't, let's just, let's just do the book now. No, we got to train the people. It's going to take just a little bit of time to train the people to help you. I don't want to go into this thing halfway. I want to go into it ready. I want to go in, I want our leaders to be prepared. I want them to be ready because I want you to get the real deal, all of it. Say amen. So what are we, what are, what what is God telling us? What is God telling us from now to August? From now to August, what's he saying? He's saying this, be ready. Come on, everybody. Be ready. Come on, everybody, say it. Be ready. All right, what does that mean? He says, sanctify yourself. It means to be clean. <clears throat> now, I know New Testament, New Testament and Old Testament is different. Are y'all with me? You don't have to go take a bath to be right with God. There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody needs them every now and then. Amen. Hey, every Friday, regardless if you need it or not. Amen. Y'all with me? It's a little bit different. I know I'm saved. I've been washed by the blood. And and listen, all the sacrifices have been made in Christ on the cross. So that's not what I'm talking about. But does the Bible not say in 1 John chapter 1, it says if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to what? Cleanse. Say that with me. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Write this down. How can we be ready? What do we need to be doing over the next two or three months? I'm telling you, Satan's going to fight you. Satan's going to try to tempt you. Satan's going to try to detour you. I promise. I promise. But what do we need to do? First, three things. How do, we, how do we be ready? How do we sanctify ourselves? How do we prepare ourselves to meet with God? Number one, or A, confession. Say it with me. Man, y'all must have a lot of confession to do because y'all weak right there. Come on, say it with me. Say it again. Let's keep a short account with God. It ain't about being saved. You're out of Egypt. You've been delivered. It's about being able to be close to God. Confession of sin has nothing to do with getting saved again or losing your salvation or keeping your salvation. It's about keeping a close relationship with God. Does this make sense? We confess. We come to God and say, God, I, you know, 
Bring it to him, whatever that is. Confess it, make it right with God, and God will forgive it and cleanse it. Not only confession, but then write this word down. There needs to be some clearing. There needs to be some clearing. Now put your seatbelt on. King Hezekiah. King Hezekiah came to the throne in Judah. He was a great king, an unbelievable king, godly king. I'm talking about had the touch of God on him. But the king before him, I believe it was Ahaz, he was an idolater. And he polluted the temple. He brought in in altars all over Jerusalem and brought in profane idolatry. I mean unbelievable wickedness and pollution. And because of that, God's judgment was on Judah. Now, Hezekiah, he comes to power. And he said, let me tell you why we're in the mess we're in. I mean, he's just an old-fashioned, uh, 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 just go after it, preacher, leather, t- leather, lung, get after it. He, I mean, hellfire and brimstone. We're here because of the judgment of God. We're here because of our wickedness. We're here because of the idolatry. We're here because we are being judged because of our sin. He said, it's time to clean up the house. And so he sanctified the Levites and the priests to go into the temple and sanctify the temple. Now, let me read. Let me read. Watch this right here. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 15, And they gathered their brethren and sanctified themselves and came according to the commandment of the king by the words of the Lord to cleanse the house of the Lord. Say that with me. Two. And the priests went into the inner part of the house of the Lord to cleanse it. And they brought out all of the uncleanness that they found in the temple of the Lord into the court of the house of the Lord. And the Levites took it to carry it out abroad into the brook Kidron. Now watch this. Now they began on the first day of the first month to sanctify. And on the eighth day of the month they came, came they to the porch of the Lord. So they sanctified the house of the Lord in eight days. And in the sixteenth day of the first month they made an end. It took them six days to get all the filth out of the house of God. All of the idolatrous pieces of furniture, all of the idols and and whatever it was that that, that King Ahaz brought in. Now what what were they doing? They were cleansing. They were cleansing, right? So part of cleansing and sanctifying is confession. We said that, right? If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to Cleanse us. Come on, say it with me. And to cleanse us. But then there's a clearing. There's a clearing. They had to, in order to sanctify the temple, they had to get all the nasty out. There was things in the temple that had no business in the temple. Y'all ready for this? There's things in your house that has no business being in your house. There's channels on your TV that has no business being on your TV. There's books on your shelf that has no business being on your shelf. There, there's CDs in your vehicle that may not have any business being. Listen, anything that would hinder your relationship with God and hinder your walk in holiness and purity and righteousness, guess what we need to do in the next three months? Clean it out. Any activity, not just stuff, but any activity. You say, how will I know? And I'm not going to sit here and make a list for you. I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I, I'm, not, I'm not one of those type of preachers because my list may not be your list. 
Because what may not hinder me may hinder you, and what may hinder you may not hinder me. I'm not going to make your list for you. Guess what? God will make that list for you. He'll tell you what needs to go. And He'll tell you what needs to be cleared. You say, why is this so important? Because, guys, we're going to meet with God. And we got to be clean. we got to be prepared. So it takes a clearing. It may be an activity. Guess what? It may be a person. Some of you young people, you might be hanging with the wrong crowd. And there may be somebody in your life that's detrimental to your walk with God, and you need to clean house. And let me say this. Let me say this. I know what you're, well, how are they ever going to know about God if, if I don't hang around them? Pray for them, witness to them, but don't hang with them. Because if you're a weak Christian, they're not going to put, you're not going to pull them up the ladder, they're going to pull you down. So there's got to be a clearing. And then, and then there's got to be a consuming. Write that down. There's got to be a consuming. It says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed into the word. You know what, you know what the, you know what the Bible is? Is a souped-up water faucet. <clears throat> Y'all know that? The more you put the Word of God in you, it cleans you from the inside out. Are y'all with me? Listen. Boy, this message is getting a lot of traction this morning, ain't it? I knew it, though, because the devil's going to fight it. You know what? He's not really necessarily concerned that you got delivered. Because he can't do nothing about that. But he can keep you from walking with God. Y'all with me? Now watch. He said, be ready. Now how many of y'all know that in the next three months, we can be ready. We can pray. We can be ready. We can say, God, do something great. And I believe with all my heart, God is going to do something incredible in August. So let's be ready. Number two. What was the second one? Y'all remember? First he said, be ready. Then he said, come on, everybody. Come on, everybody. Be careful. Okay, here it is, guys. Here it is. Be careful. Don't get careless with your relationship with God. And I'm saying this because we're going into the summer. We're going into the summer. Now, I'm not a preacher who preaches against vacations. I hope you get several of them. And take them. You need them. Everybody, everybody, if you can. If there's any way possible, you can take a break and get your mind off stuff and do that. Man, take vacations. Take a lot. Take however many you can. Rock on. God bless you. Amen. Say amen right there. Only people ain't saying amen that can't go this year. Amen. <laughs> what do they call that now? A staycation? Which is baloney. Amen. I've had many of them, and there ain't nothing cation on it. It's just staying. And it's not, it's not about that. Man, that's great. That's great. Anytime somebody can just, just restore and refresh, and that's wonderful. But be careful because there's a mentality that takes place in the summer. There are more baby Christians that leave church after the summer than any time of the year. Because we have this mentality that it's summer, it's the summer break. It's the summer vacation. And so what we do is go on vacation from God. It's, oh, it's not going to hurt to miss here. It's not, well, we'll just, we might, we'll pick it up. How many of y'all know human beings are creatures of 
Come on, creatures of. And this is the way this works. This is the way this works. God said it this way. In Hosea chapter 12, or 10, verse 12. And my people are bent to backsliding from me. Let me say that again. And my people are, come on everybody, my people are bent to backsliding from me. The word bent is naturally curved toward. How many of y'all understand this fact? That it is more natural for us to backslide than it is to stay faithful. We, faithfulness is not natural to the, to the flesh and to our carnality. It is easy to stay home. It is easy to not be committed. It is easy to not be faithful. It is easy not to read your Bible. It is easy not to pray. It takes effort to pray. It takes effort to be committed. It takes effort to be faithful. It takes, are y'all with me? Anybody can quit, but not anybody can be committed. See, we're going against the stream of the culture. We're going against the stream of society. Christians are fighting and they got to swim. And listen, all you got to do to go backward in your Christian life is to do. You don't have to backpedal. Just do. And you're going backwards. Because your whole life until Jesus comes, you're going against the stream. You're going against the current. Are y'all with me? And if we get careless this summer, people don't just quit. People don't just quit. I, I wrote some things down. Watch this. And I'm almost done. I'm almost done. People are like automobiles. People are like automobiles. They start missing before they quit. <clears throat> hmm Yeah. And if you don't do something about it one morning, you go out, nothing. You skip here and you skip there and you don't think it's that big a deal to miss this, this service or that service. One morning you're going to wake up and you're going to find yourself not even in the house of God. Listen, backsliding is the easiest thing to do. You just do nothing. People seldom lose their religion by a blowout. It's usually a slow leak. Some people who never consider walking in darkness sure enjoy a little stroll in the shade. And all God's people see it. What's the point? What's the point? A young man had gotten out. He'd gotten out, backslid, wasn't coming to church. Had an attitude about it. He went to see this old preacher. An old preacher was sitting there and sitting in front of a fire. I mean, there's a roaring fire here in this fireplace. And, and the young man came and sat down beside the preacher and just poured his heart out to him. Every excuse, every reason why he wasn't happy, why he wasn't satisfied, why he wasn't fulfilled. He blamed this, he blamed that. The preacher never said a word. He just sat there and listened. While the young man was in his conversation, the preacher took some tongs from the fireplace and there was a coal in that fireplace that was glowing red. I'm talking about red hot. 
And he took that coal and he set it over here to the side, out of the fire, out of the other coals. Never said a word. Sat back and that man kept imploring to the preacher and kept complaining to the preacher. And he kept his eye on that coal and thinking, what in the world is that preacher doing? Well, in just a little while, that red glowing coal kept getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. And guess what? It got so cold that the preacher reached over with his hand, picked it up and set it back in the coals. And you know what? In just a few minutes, it was red and glowing again. That young man saw that, and with tears in his eyes, he got up and left. Now, let me say this. How many of y'all love me? How many of y'all know I love you? If you act like that cold, and you separate yourself from the pile, I know everybody in the pile ain't right. I know there's some irritating people in the pile. Hey, there's even some hypocrites in the pile. But as soon as you separate yourself from the pile, I can't tell you how many Christians, baby Christians that I know was fired up. I mean, wanted to do everything. Wanted to do everything, wanted to serve, and wanted to do something for God and was so excited. And they had to miss. Maybe it was work. Maybe it was a hobby. Maybe it was a ball game. Well, one turned into two, and two turned into three. And before long, they were not even in church. And let me tell you what, let me tell you the, let me tell you the, 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 the consequences to that. When a child of God at one point is on fire for God and now they have, because they were not careful, they got careless with their association and their relationship with their God and now they're this coal that's not burning anymore. Let me tell you what happens. This coal gets bitter at the red ones. <clears throat> because when you get outside of the will of God and you get backslidden, you get bitter. Because you're not fulfilled and you're not satisfied. And everything that drew you out of fellowship with God and fellowship with God's people, you find that it just don't do what it did before. You can dance, but it don't give you joy anymore. You can drink and you can do drugs. Peter went back to fishing and fished all night and called nothing. And it'll leave you unsatisfied. It'll leave you unfulfilled. And the most irritating thing to a backslidden Christian is one that's happy. You think everybody's out to get you. You think, you think the world's against you. And it's all God making you uncomfortable and God making you miserable so you'll come back to Him. Quit blaming your spouse. Quit blaming your church. Quit blaming your kids. Quit blaming your family. If you're over here and you're not glowing red, it's because you left the pile and you left the pile. It will go to that, but get back in the pile. All I'm saying is this. Through this summer, take your vacations. 
Do your thing. Get it all out your system. Be ready. But whatever you do, be careful. Be careful. Because there's a real devil out there that wants to destroy you. Preacher, I'm saved. He don't care about that. But are you close to God as you need to be? Are you as close to God in your walk with Him as you should be? Church, say amen. So here's what I want you to do over the next two, two, three months. I want you to be ready. I want you to be careful. And this is the third thing. I want you to be expecting. I want you to be expecting. Expecting what? I want you to see, I want you to expect to see God like you've never seen him. Yeah, Israel seen some frogs. Remember in Egypt? They seen the flies. They seen the darkness. They seen God do some stuff. But they had never seen a mountain on fire and thunder and lightning. And they did a glory cloud come and consume Mount Sinai. Let me tell you what that book's going to do for you. And that, that, that time of discipleship and learning and growing, you're going to see things about God that you never saw. And you're going to grow in your relationship with Him. You're going to grow in your knowledge with Him. We learned Wednesday night that the greatest thing you can glory in, not the rich man not in his, his riches, the wise man not in his wisdom, the strong man not in his power. He said, but if you're going to glory in anything, glory in the fact that you know me. Jesus said in John 17, this is eternal life that they may know the true God. Paul said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Paul said this, man, that's, I don't care about all the stuff I lost. I just want to know him more. And I hope that's your desire. I hope over the, over the next three months that you'll be careful. I hope over the next three months that you'll be preparing yourself. Listen, listen to the Holy Spirit. If there's something you need to quit, then quit it. If there's something you need to do, then do it. If there's something you need to get out of your house and out of your life, then do that. And then be expecting God to do something incredible come August in your walk with Him. I can't imagine what God is up to. This is, you, you look around and you see all that's here. Years ago, God was up to this, but God's up to something different now. It's not about a full house. It's about a full people. We got a crowd. It's time to develop an army. An army. There's a difference between the congregation and the committed Man, let's just do it this way. There's a difference between the community and the congregation, correct? All of the community is not in our congregation. There was a step of commitment that you took this morning to get out of bed and get into the... Come on, y'all slow people, come on. You came out of the community into the... But everybody in the congregation is not committed. And guess what? All the committed is not in the core. The core are those that are sold out serving 
and, and listen, want to do everything, totally committed, deny themselves, take up their cross and follow him. What do I want to do? Wherever you find yourself, in the community, in the congregation, in the committed, or in the core, I want you to move forward with God in your relationship and be expecting great things. Can we take just a second and give God praise and glory in this house? Dear Heavenly Father, I am so grateful for your love and your word. I'm so grateful for the fact that we can be ready. We can sanctify ourselves. We can, we can clear the things in our life that would hinder you from